Guys, wouldn't it be fun to do drugs? I think so. Heck yeah. Those were the best days of my life. Guys, what's going on? It's your History Geeks coming back at you with an original podcast. I'm Travis Chance. I'm Grace Ospino. And I am Noah Austin. All right. So today we will be talking about the year 1969. From the drug-filled festival in Woodstock to the cult lifestyle of the Charles Manson murders, all the way into the space odyssey that was the moon landing and the Apollo 11 launch. So, starting off with pop culture and Woodstock. Here come old flat top, here come grooving up slowly. Got juju eyeball, he won. Holy roller, he got hair down to his knee. Got to be a joker, he just do what he please. Okay, so do you guys think Woodstock should be considered when discussing pop culture? Absolutely. Woodstock was totally a part of the pop culture of the time. Maybe for you. uh, Okay, I'm just joking. (laughs) Okay, Noah. So, what do you guys think of when I say Woodstock? Ah, that's a great question, Grace. Honestly, I think of a triad of things when I think of Woodstock. So, number one. Drugs. Number two is music, and number three is love. (laughs) Well, for me personally, I think of a bunch of hippies in the middle of an open field tripping on acid while listening to bands like The Eagles, The Who, and Jimi Hendrix. I mean, neither of you guys are wrong. First, let's start off with what it was intended to be. Woodstock was intended to be an event that emphasized peace in music. Uh, well, peace through music. But it turned out to be so much more than that. Woodstock was an event that liberated and united the strange. It was an outlet for all the counterculture tensions that really started back in the 40s. Uh, hey, Grace. Yes, Travis? What does counterculture mean? Oh, not this again. <laughs> oh, hush, Noah. An excellent question, Travis. Counterculture is the term that defines going against the status quo. These people included basically everyone that was different or defied the virtuous standard or honestly fed up with the standard that was set after World War II. So, Grace, what makes Woodstock so special? Like, why then? Why that year? Well, when you think about it, it's kind of a now or never situation. The country was just starting to realize That the government was actually flawed. There is not much social dependence on government anymore like there was, you know, during World War II and World War I and even the Depression. The United States was in a war that many people thought was unnecessary and immoral. There was just an outcry for peace in a time where many people thought it was impossible. Woodstock was an event that brought the people together that believed there could be peace and succeeded in almost impossible circumstances. Well, what do you mean by impossible circumstances? Well, Woodstock was not a very, how should I say this, put together event, if you will. 
For one, construction for the event space was not even completed, and way more people came to the event than anticipated. Well, like, how many? Like, what do you mean? Mm, try approximately 300,000 more people. What? Oh my god. That's a lot yeah. of people. What to me is even crazier is that there was no type of security there, at least like official security. Like when you hear security, you obviously think of like the police or, you know, big bodyguards. Exactly. The producers of Woodstock instead hired this commune known as the Hog Farm to be security. And the leader of this commune named, wait for it, Wavy Gravy. Gravy train. (laughs) We love it. Groovy. Oh, yes. Very groovy. He detests the term security. Even in an interview after Woodstock, he was telling the interviewers how he doesn't even know why they were called security. And he combats the questions with, do you feel secure? Are you secure? He, He was trying to be funny. But it just goes to show that he, like, they did not think of themselves as security. So Woodstock proved to be an event that was truly about the music, peace, and acceptance. No government involved, no police involved, just luck. Oh, yeah. This event, in a way, established so many different ideologies and styles to be valid, rather than ignored or frowned upon. Woodstock set the pace, I believe, for decades to come. Woodstock was not just a powerful event but a powerful movement. Uh, thank you, Grace, for enlightening us on what Woodstock was. I th- just of thought course. it was a cartoon b- bird, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, you hear that? Spooky. It's time for our historical nightmare section. Ah, yes. All right, so 1969 may have been a time of peace and love, but not everything was peace and love. Like Grace mentioned about the hog farm commune, there are many societies for people to gather and live. Out of these seemingly peaceful communes, however, came some ideologies that were not as peaceful as they thought they were. In 1967, a man by the name of, name of Charles Manson established a cult called the Manson Family. Ooh. Through the constant use of drugs, mandatory orgies, and foundational ideology that a race war was to be started, Charles Manson led his followers down a terrifying road of blind faith. What do you mean? What did this race war entail? So... Charlie was obsessed with this one Beatles song, Helter Skelter, which he believed to be referring to an inevitable race war that he was chosen to start. He began to teach these ideologies amongst his followers and brainwashed them into believing that they should set forth and begin the war. The family had experienced a couple of experiments on murder, but it wasn't until the night of August 8th and 9th when their true colors were fully shown. On August 8th, 1969, Manson's right-hand man Tex Watson and three other females were directed to go to Sharon Tate's house and kill everybody there. In this massacre, the Manson family killed six people, including an unborn baby that belonged to Sharon Tate. The next night, they went on to kill two more individuals, writing phrases like rise and death to pigs in the blood of their victims. This caused the killers to relocate into hiding, 
and then they were arrested merely on the suspicion of vandalism to some place that they were at until it was later discovered that they had actually, in fact, murdered all those people. Wait a minute. <clears throat> Isn't there a movie about this? Oh, Grace, please don't get us started. Don't talk about movies all day. Uh, you can day. get me to talk about movies all day. That is right, Noah. Yes, there are <laughs> a couple of movies surrounding the events of the Manson murders. However, my personal favorite, as is said, Chef's Kiss, that came out <laughs> in the past couple of years is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, Travis, is that a very accurate depiction of what happened (laughs) i really wish i could tell you it was accurate to what happened back then but it was not it was a fictional story about an actor and his stunt double and the shift that hollywood was going through from the 60s to the 70s and i don't want to spoil too much for you but the director quentin tarantino made it very clear there was a fictional story surrounding this historical era especially through the end scene when the camera shifts up into the sky and giving the title once upon a time in Hollywood. This symbolizes what could have been, but sadly never was. Anyways, that is what the Manson family did, and that led on to more extremist cults that occurred later down the road. I think it's crazy to think that a Beatles song really triggered a whole line of murders and caused so much fear in Hollywood. That really goes to show you know, how powerful pop culture and music was. But before we continue, let's take a moment and introduce the many sponsors or companies we know and love that began in the year 1969. Our first sponsor of the day is the lovable children drink, Capri Sun, (laughs) which was introduced in 1969 and has been one of my favorite drinks since I was a kid. Mm, yum. I, I can't agree anymore, Travis. Capri really... describe my childhood. I mean, they're freaking great. <laughs> the, the, tropical, the tropical punch. Bro, Come strawberry kiwi, all right? Pacific all cooler right. over here, but okay. <laughs> now, now that, is, that is a drink that you'll have in your lunchbox when you go <clears throat> as a kid uh, to school. But speaking of lunch, Travis, uh, one of my favorite snacks that started up in 1969 – are the classic chips. Oh, onions. don't even get me they started. Invent- yes, they were invented by Frito-Lays, and boy, do I love every bag I get. Okay, now I'm getting really hungry, so I'm going to go ahead and move the topic off of food. Ah. Another, I know, another one of the sponsors is the infamous Nerf. Nerf or nothing. Nerf or nothing. <laughs> Let's Nerf go. or nothing. Let me tell you guys, Nerf battles were the most hardcore, intense, you know, moments. Like, even now, I'm triggered. I'm literally triggered thinking about these Nerf battles I had as a kid. Yes. But the company started selling in 1970, but the idea started the year of 1969. That's crazy. That's such an influential children's toy was produced in 1969. I know. Same with all of our other sponsors. They were, they're so influential to our childhood, but literally this was so long ago. Yeah. So now that our ads are up, let's uh, begin to start talking about one of the most influential events, not only in this year of 1969, but the history of mankind. And what would that be? That would be the moon landing with Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Weren't those the guys that said, uh, Houston, one small step for man, <laughs> one giant leap for mankind? 
<laughs> well, maybe not exactly that. But uh, before we speak even further about the moon landing and the crazy adventure of it, uh, we're going to have to listen uh, for what the people in the year 1969 sat by their TV and radio heard. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower cleared. Neil Armstrong reporting the roll and pitch program, which puts Apollo 11 on a proper heading. Plus 30 seconds. So, uh, what you just heard was a mashup of what many people kept their ears to on the days of July 16th to July 24th, 1969. This mission was not the first mission to space because that was due from the Soviets, but it was the first mission of men to step foot on the moon Mm -hmm. and was televised across all of America to prove it. This mission was a way to show the Russians who uh, who the Americans were fighting in the Cold War. Uh, that they were ahead of their time and had a better science and space program than they did. Uh, the flight crew on the mission consisted of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and the lesser-known Michael Collins. These are the only astronauts that were uh, seeing the moon, and the only ones that stepped on the moon were Neil Armstrong and Aldrin, uh, the most notable. And they spent on the moon roughly three hours out of their little capsule, and they spent probably well over two days in their capsule. And that's only for people who believe in the moon landing. I know Grace is one of those non Period. <laughs> I bet the time that they spent on that moon was blah, 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 out of this world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good one, Travis. Thank you. Good thank one. you. Hold your applause, please. We're in a podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, after being on the moon and it being almost televised across the entire world, they returned back into the Earth's orbit and landed in the middle of the Central Pacific Ocean. And they were picked up by a U.S. Navy ship and brought back to America and were treated as the heroes they were because they were the reason that we, America, won the space race. And they showed that we were the most technologically advanced nation in the entire world. So. This is the crazy world that America was in 1969. Yeah, honestly, so many fun and also crazy events, world-changing events that made America what it is today. And I think without these wild events, I don't know where our country would be today. So, 
to all our listeners out there, which there might not be any, but to whoever is listening, bless you and thank you for listening to our podcast. And traveling back in time as well. Hit it! Warm Touching warm Reaching out